Welcome, 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 Red Leaf Retrocast, the last episode of 2023. It's episode 150, Colin. Just you and me today, Joey. Unfortunately, couldn't make the show. Wasn't meant to be, but the dynamic duo is still here. Indeed. This is a fun episode. It's going to be, I imagine this will be on the shorter side. Just something to get out for the holidays, uh, right before the end of the year. We usually kind of skip this episode, to be honest, but um, Joey kind of had a good idea where we'd look back at four games from 2017, uh, games in particular, before you and him uh, joined the podcast. So if you want to hear my original thoughts, you can go back and listen to those first, what, 11 episodes uh, where these games are picked to hear my deeper thoughts. Colin, this is going to be more about you. Your thoughts over the four games that we have chosen. Yeah. Although one of them I barely had time to even look at. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, th- there's a couple games here that I that I picked up and I just couldn't put down. And I really concentrated on those two. I think you could probably guess one of them. But what is the second one? Ooh, it's a mystery. <laughs> 150 episodes, Colin. You ever think we'd make it this this far? Eh, hard to say. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, six six years, six years going now, basically, uh, plus the year with the YouTube, uh, you and I. So eight years, yeah. more or less podcasting. Oh, it's been quite a ride. So this, and... uh, yeah. Um, so when it came to 2023, I enjoyed immensely a lot of the games uh, that we played. The, I guess the next episode when we start 2024, we'll kind of look back at our kind of top five games that we played from, from the year. Could do that now, but I don't feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a busy month. We're all tired out. Right. Yeah. It's the holiday season, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going snowboarding tomorrow as, uh, that is my, uh, get back into the game kind of situation there. And then uh, the day before, like the weekend of New Year's, I'm going to go again. So I'll get uh, I'll get two runs in me uh, before the end of the year. So we'll see how my fat ass and bad left knee can handle, handle the slopes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been snowboarding in so long. Yeah, the, the snow's just been terrible. Uh, where unless I make the multiple day trip uh, up to like northern Maine where there's more snow, uh, it's it's just uh, it's just too far for like a day and back kind of situation. But that's what I'm doing uh, tomorrow. I'm just heading up to uh, a place in New Hampshire. I'm gonna enjoy that immensely. I'll just uh, I'll probably spend a few hours and then just call it good. Spend a couple hours driving back. I think it's an hour and forty five minute drive. To get where I'm going. No, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's <laughs> getting there is not the issue. It's the drive back when I'm stupid, exhausted. Yeah, I can it's imagine. Like, yeah, where it's like I gotta pull over. I gotta like fall asleep for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was always the 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 toughest part of it all. And then depending on how I've fallen, maybe my butt hurts, maybe my hip hurts, maybe my back. I don't know. <laughs> it's always uh, it's Better always keep some... a six pack. Better keep a six-pack of Red Bull on standby. A six-pack? Jeez, I don't want my heart to explode. 
<laughs> you know, I'll throw some nips in the uh, in the old in the old uh, chest compartment there, and I'll enjoy my time. That's my plan tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, and I spoke about this a little bit on the anime podcast, and I just kind of wanted to brush those guys' thoughts, but uh, I got three games over the last two weeks here, and it was a big sale. Walked into GameStop, walked out with... I went in to pre-order the Final Fantasy Remake Part 2, and I walked out with Deathloop which was on sale for like 13 bucks. It's a game I've had my eye on for a while for the PS5. Yeah, I've been in, I've been interested in that one too. Uh, I do recommend it. It's it's a very like the dialogue is very witty. It's uh, got a good sense of comedy to it. Uh the first first person running is always a little weird to me because I'm just not used to first person games very much. I just don't play them. I like third person in particular. But uh-huh. once I got used to it and the mechanics of the game where uh, more or less, the levels are laid out kind of like mini puzzles and how to eliminate people. And <laughs> eventually, oh, it always breaks down to me gun blazing. But I do like the kind of two tries in order to beat the area before it completely resets you. I think that's a really cool mechanic. It gives you real stakes to death. And it's not punishing enough where you feel it's cheap. Uh, so I do recommend that. And then that got me thinking about uh, the two games, Mirror's Edge, Mirror's Edge and Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played the first one. Okay, so tell me what, what you think of the first one, because I played just the very beginning of it, uh, just to see what it was like compared to Deathloop, because I was able to get Mirror's Edge years and years ago for like $4, and then there was a sale on PSN for Mirror's Edge Catalyst for $2. So I'm like, ah, what the hell? What's the worst that happened? I play it for 20 minutes and don't like it? That's no big deal. Two bucks? <laughs> so tell me what you what you think of that that uh, game and series. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was definitely a, a novel experience, just like first person parkour. Sometimes it could be a little hard to know where you're supposed to go next. Mm-hmm. Although the game the game tries to make it easy for you by having things like highlighted in red against a white background and all that. Right. Yeah, it's all about like maintaining a flow. And it can be super frustrating when you break that flow, but I think that's kind of the idea. <laughs> and then I I liked it enough that I, I bought the DLC that was like all these like uh courses in a in like a VR setting. Okay. And it was it's really really enjoyable there, just like it's sort of a puzzle. You're trying to figure out what path to take that will give you the least amount of time and what you can, what you can like, what walls to run across or jump or like spring off of to get to ledges to pull yourself up. And it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. So Mirror's Edge is about a six hour game and the, uh, not sequel. I think it's like a reboot. Uh, Catalyst is eight and a half hours, so they're relatively, I, I mean, I call those good good length games. I guess maybe if you're comparing to RPGs, they wouldn't be, but I think that's plenty, yeah. of, plenty of time to play that sort of game. And then how long is Deathloop? Let's see. 
Death Loop is sixteen and a half hours. <laughs> like, see, so that's, so that's what I'm saying. Death Loop is uh, <laughs> both <laughs> Mirror's Edge games combined, basically. <laughs> Good God, yeah, yeah. Another one to mention is Ghost Runner. I'm not familiar with that one. Very, it's very similar to Mirror's Edge, except you have a sword. You can like cut through enemies along the way. It's it's similar, but unique enough that it has its own identity. I mean, okay. it was it was popular enough that it's gotten a sequel recently. So, oh, all right. I've only played a little bit of it, but I enjoyed what I played. Okay. Uh, as I said on the last podcast, uh, so I'll probably be um, going through those three games. I really want to beat Final Fantasy 16 because, Colin, I beat Super Mario RPG Remake and Super Mario Wonder. Nice. I said I would, and I did it. Uh, beat them both essentially in the same night. Uh, that's how close I was. Uh, the Mario RPG Remake, great stuff, uh, very faithful, fixed a lot of, a lot of the glitchy, dumb mechanics that the original had. They're just like, okay, we didn't make that properly the first time. Now we got it the second time. That kind of situation. <laughs> uh, and then Mario Wonder, I'm kind of at a crossroads with because I booted up um, uh, Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, or not Deluxe, but uh, Plus Luigi, that, that whole deal. A uh, Wii U, the Wii U Mario game. Okay. Uh huh. And I'm playing that one, and I go, I think Wonder has more depth to it in the sense that uh, getting the, oh, what do they call them? The, uh, the, 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 the Wonder Seeds in each level, each one has its own, like, they, it's not really hidden, but they kind of, some are, hidden Wonder Seed in each level, so it gives a reason to continuously replay the levels and then there's the three purple coins just like in many other mario games at this point you have the collectible item that's three items that are in each level but there's something about mario wonder where i think it was just too easy and too laid back and not quite up to the it's it's how do i i don't really know how the best describe it because when I'm playing something like Mario Odyssey or Mario 64, there's th that open world aspect to it. I think gives, I think it gives it more replayability, more overall depth. While the 2D ones, it just feels like they're missing something. And so when I went back and like I popped in Mario 3, for example, because that's always kind of the go-to, or Super Mario World, I think it's the sense of difficulty. And it's more or less disappeared in modern 2D Mario games. I think that's what oh, I'm too bad. meaning. Like, they're really good. I really enjoy them. They're fun. Uh, I, think they're, I think they're better games with multiplayer. Because you can kind of troll each other. <laughs> and run into each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to do that with Mario Wonder. I think I remember reading that the collision is gone in Mario Wonder which is half the fun of why like Mario 3D World and uh, Mario U uh, 
was fun in multiplayer is because you'd be you'd be like colliding into each other and causing each other's deaths. <laughs> <laughs> but Mario Wonder, I think, uh, doesn't have that. So not going to be in my game of the year. I, I think my personal game of the year is Lies of P. I've I've kind of stuck with that. Don't think Final Fantasy 16 is going to reach that. The gameplay isn't deep enough uh, for it, but the story I'm enjoying the story. When it comes to, like, I, I didn't play Baldur's Gate 3. I'm sure if I was into that style of game, that would probably be the easy pick. But for me, it's Liza P. I just immensely enjoyed uh, Death Pinocchio. <laughs> nice. So what you been up to? Well, I had uh, <clears throat> Dutch Christmas with my family last weekend. We all Go got on. together in one place, gave gifts, had had roast beast, which is really a uh, beef tenderloin. Ah, well, that's good. It sounds really good. It is. And here, all I did was play golf yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we uh, did that over the weekend, uh, played some Smash Bros. Ultimate with my nephews. You showed them the mercy, right? Teach them the of hard course. truths of being a loser at an early age. <laughs> <laughs> I showed no mercy, but we were playing with the little Joy-Cons, and my hands aren't used to that, so that gave me a bit of a handicap. Mm, so they sure. they were able to win on occasion. Plus, since they've been borrowing my copy for months now, I haven't. I'm a little out of practice. Mm. But... I gave them their own copy as a gift to both of them. Hey, so that they could play right. it at home. Look at that. It's a good little Christmas gift. Hell yeah. And I'm actually going to be meeting back up with my brother's family later today. So I can, I can get my copy back. We'll probably play more. But as for what I've been playing, mostly Dave the Diver. I'm really yeah, enjoying how far that are you one. In? I'm in like chapter four out of the seven. And it's really enjoyable. I mean, so much more stuff has been unlocked. I mean, now there's. Whoa. What is going on on your end? Uh oh. Did my cat knock into the mic and fuck it up? Oh. Ah, there it is. Stat. Got really staticky for a second there. Now I'm hearing a little bit of static now. Okay, the cat issue is taken care of. <laughs> he just <laughs> barreled into the mic. I was like, uh-oh. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, yeah. you want to take this opportunity to just jump into the four games? I still want to finish talking about Dave the Diver. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. A lot more uh, new stuff has been unlocked. Now there's a now there's a fish farm and a rice paddy. <laughs> Basically so I can grow high quality rice for certain sushi dishes. Okay. That adds another layer of depth. And <laughs> one of the one of the newest side quests involves a movie director called Michael Bang. <laughs> ah. Obvious obvious parody of Michael Bay. No, come on, that's not what it's for. <laughs> and got to put together a bunch of ingredients for 
the new dish. And one of them is the high quality rice. So I'm waiting for that to grow. And there's also, also a side quest to take photographs of different moments of like different fish or sea creatures doing certain things and you can get money for that and of course I may have mentioned it last time but I've unlocked the the sea people village the sea people like, village <laughs> yeah just like a bunch of mer people living at the bottom of the ocean and doing all kinds of different things for them to get them to gain get them to trust Dave and I assume there's going to be some big story developments in that regard. I'm like literally <laughs> all I, at the midpoint. All I can think about is the uh, South Park episode about the sea people yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Earn their trust, yeah. then take their women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to wonder if that was partial inspiration. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the game is still as addicting as ever, so I'm going to be playing a lot more of that. I got to pull the trigger on that game. I got to stop. I got to play it, and then maybe that'll be my game of the year. I'll just dive. <laughs> I'll just full dive into it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm going to I'm just going to say it now. Dave the Diver is my game of the year for 2023. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I think <laughs> Joey would probably say the same thing unless. Did he get Boulder's Gate 3? I don't think he did, did he? I think he did. I just haven't... I don't think he played very far into it before. You know I'm going to give him a call right about now. Because he's probably on the road. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's do this. This will be fun. This will be funny. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Okay. It's ringing. Let's see if I can get this on mic. Hey, Joey, go, got a question for you. What? Did you get Boulder's Gate 3? No. You did not? No. Okay. What would be your game of the year? Dave the Diver. Dave the Diver. Okay. That's all we <laughs> I knew know. it. Do you have any notes over today's games? No, I usually remember before yesterday. Okay. Well, all right. Um, any thoughts on them at all? Okay. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, bye. Okay. There we go. Simple, simple man <laughs> with simple opinions. It's <laughs> <laughs> your game of the year, Dave the Diver. <laughs> like, okay. All right. So that's uh, that's yeah. two out of three of us are Dave the Diver. I got to get it now. I have to. Damn right. What am I doing? I'll get. Uh, I'll play Mirror's Edge. I, I, you know what, Final Fantasy 16. Sorry, bro. You might, you might have to be put <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. Mirror's Edge and Dave the Diver. You know, <laughs> classic 2023. <laughs> Hell, with Dave the Diver, you could just get the demo for free. I get a taste that. of what it offers. No, I'll just, I'll just take your, take you guys' word for it. Come on, we all have similar, Go for it, similar taste. Like when, when the game's good, then uh, the overwhelming opinion I generally go with. Uh, unless it's, I can't even think of a game that, hmm, 
I can't even think of a game where the overall consensus was it was fucking awesome, and then I was like, no, I hate this. I can't think of one. <laughs> Maybe the Forza games? I wouldn't know. Maybe. Open world driving. Not a, not very uh-huh. not as appealing as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's played Streets of Sim City will tell you that. Oh god. Uh, that's a Yeah. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I uh I also played a little more of Luigi's Mansion three. Did you beat it? Not quite yet, but uh yeah. I'm, I'm maybe two thirds of the way in. Bum. That's bum shit, man. You're supposed to beat that at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> eh. <laughs> ah, I can't think of anything else to say. Just eh. <laughs> eh. Yeah, just like Luigi. Good impression. Yeah. That's pretty much everything I've been playing, but I have some... I have a bit of good news. Okay, give me your good news. Zero punctuation is back in action. And to elaborate, the people who all left The Escapist have formed a new YouTube channel called Second Wind, and Yahtzee is continuing ZP under the new name Fully Ramblematic. The aesthetic is a little bit different, but the heart and soul of ZP is fully intact. Okay, what's it called? One more time. Fully, Fully Ramblematic. Fully Ramblematic. Okay, comes up pretty quick. Yep. He's already done a Second few games. Wind. All right, I'll subscribe right now. There we go. I didn't even know know that happened. Hell yeah. I didn't either, but then it popped up in my feed, and I was like, is this the new Zero Punctuation? <laughs> I mean, he did Alan Wake too, so I figured I had to check it out. And boom. Zero Punctuation lives on. Good. Good, good, good. I'll have to... Uh... Yeah, I gotta do. I I just gotta do a bunch of. Um, oh my god, I forgot about Armored Core Six. Oops. Yeah, those I, are the two 2023 games I have that I still have to really dive into. The oh, other being that? Tears of the Kingdom. Here's the thing with Armored Core Six. To me, I think it's the second best game uh, that came out this year that I played. It's just uh, <laughs> unfortunately I got distracted by other games I wanted to play. Uh, because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I know I really like this game, but I want to try out these other things. I know it sounds like super bizarre, but that's just um, that's how it went down. <laughs> okay. Oops, that's that's just an oops. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is not my game of the year. I, I I still like Breath of the Wild more. The more I play Tears of the Kingdom, the more I'm just like, yeah, the, this this uh, crafting mechanic is just not for me. I'm not into it. It's it's just so much of a more of a chore aspect of the game to me. I'm not into it. The whole element I did not need. I'm probably you know what (laughs) I mentioned earlier, what what game is an overall consensus as fantastic. And with that, uh, maybe I'm in I'm in that boat where everyone loves it. But me, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the game. Probably. All right, let's talk about these games right quick. Here we go. All right. Playing the drop. Haven't had a good Persona 3 drop in a while. 
So we're about 22 minutes into this thing. Uh, the way we we the way we did this is um, we got a cast pick. Colin, you took you got a pick. Joey got a pick. I got a pick. All games uh, prior in 2017 to you and Joey joining the podcast full time. And this was just kind of a what did you guys think of these games? Uh, I know Joey likes Dino Crisis. I know that's one of them that he picked that for a reason because he likes Resident Evil. He's a fan of Resident Evil games. That makes sense to me. I want to know why you picked your game. We know we're gonna know why I picked mine, uh, but the cast pick I thought was probably the most interesting because I don't know any of you guys' thoughts. I think I remember Joey's thoughts when the game first came out, but we were also like thirteen, so haha, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know what thirty-five-year-old, thirty-six-year-old Joey uh, thinks about Conquer's Bad Fur Day because that's the first game called the cast pick. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think of this. Well, I may or may not have said this before on the cast, but I I compare this game to if Matt Stone, Trey Parker, and Seth MacFarlane got drunk and or high and made a Tex Avery cartoon, except mm. it's a game. Mighty poo. <laughs> and I am here for it. <laughs> the humor is very much there, but uh, for me, the controls are, like, impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I only... I only had the opportunity to watch uh, a YouTube playthrough of it, but yeah, I could tell like the controls were pretty, pretty tough to work with, and the camera was also tough to work with. Sure wasn't, sure was no uh, Zelda Majora's Mask in that regard. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, did this ever have a like? Not I can't say remake or remaster, but re-release on the DS. I don't think so, but it did so get re-released on Rare Replay for Xbox One. That part I know, and the controls were definitely a little better, for sure. Yeah. I think Conquer Live and Reloaded is a, a remake of this game for Xbox 360. Oh, I forgot about that one. You're right. I think that might be... I haven't played I, that Wasn't one. it like heavily censored, though? They took a lot of things out? I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Let's see, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Uh, locked and reloaded. Uh, live and reloaded. Live and reloaded. Yes. What did we? You said locked and reloaded. I can't believe it. <laughs> can't believe you'd say that. Uh, I'm just okay. imitating you. Well, I, I'm just I'm just like a parrot. I just hear. I just repeat what I hear. Oh, let's see here. <clears throat> do, do, do. Part of Xbox One's backwards compatibility program on April 17, 2018. No one cares. Uh, we want to know the censorship. Development began in 2002, shortly after Microsoft bought Rare. Blech. The game was originally <laughs> titled Conquer Live and Uncut. and was a feature to completely uncensored single-player experience. At some point in the development of the game, this was changed, and the game was released with some censorship. I was right. Okay. The censorship included that in some obscenities, which were present in the original N64 version, in which only the F-word and its variations were bleeped out. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the variations of the S-word were also bleeped, but that just made it funnier, in my opinion. Um, and 
Let's see. The Great Mighty Pooh song uh, was very much censored. Why would they censor? I mean, it's just fart noises. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the background music for that section of the game had a lot of fart noises in it. <laughs> but... <laughs> This is definitely the goriest N64 game I've ever seen. I mean, even with, like, Looney Tunes slapstick where Conker gets flattened, you see actual blood. I mean, N64 blood is like, it's kind of like, it's it's funny looking back on it, especially with games like Dino Crisis, where you're looking at yeah. blood and it's just pixelated red, and you're like, hmm, kind of different in 2023. <laughs> It's almost um, comical how it like, looks. Yeah, yeah. But some characters flat out explode and you see bits of bits of flesh and bones and rib Rec cages rectang flying rectangular everywhere. beige. You're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it reminds me yeah, of many... um, funny video funny like Roblox videos, and you see people do that same thing. And it's like, wow, uh, yeah. like five year olds play Roblox and don't think twice about stuff like that, but boy, oh boy, back in the 90s and early 2000s, you got Conker's Bad Fur Day with poo and exploding rectangles simulating yeah. quote-unquote flesh, and back then, everyone's just like, oh my god, it's so gory, it's unbelievable, it's gonna destroy our youth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, many may be wondering, how did Conker go from a kid-friendly mascot to a foul-mouthed alcoholic sociopath? <laughs> now, I'm using uh, the What Happened video from Matt McMuscles for reference. Now, the, the game started out as His name is under the name Conker. Matt McMuscles, yeah. McMuscles, okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I think I, f I feel like when, uh, when I... Uh, Partake in McDonald's. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of cool videos about the backgrounds of games with troubled development, and also does a few movies here and there. So I I recommend checking him out. He's got a lot of videos. Now, <clears throat> Bad Fur Day started out under the name Conker's Quest and was initially a typical cutesy platformer, but it was panned by game journalists at the time for multiple reasons. A, Banjo-Kazooie was being promoted at the same time, and it was getting more attention. And another was that the critics said that Conker himself was actually too cutesy, bordering on disturbing. Actually, the whole game looked like that, and Conker himself didn't even seem to have much of a personality. Just look at his appearance in Diddy Kong Racing to, to see that. And then the decision was made to make Conker into the character we see now. And when it was pitched to the head developers, they instantly fell in love with the idea. So that pretty much explains that. Not as eventful as I thought it would be, but it, it's something. Um, yeah, so, uh, I guess we'll just do this. Uh, well, what did you give it? I, I give it a B. I mean, 
the gameplay isn't that great. I mean, the amount of fetch quests in this game is criminal. Uh-huh, <laughs> yep, okay. If it weren't for the humor, it'd be downright tedious. The humor's the big and, selling point of it all. Yeah. And, ooh, how edgy he's saying the swear words. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it can be pretty clever at times. I mean, at one point you're fighting a furnace with giant brass balls, and you attack by whacking them between two bricks. Damn that should not be as funny as it is, but god damn it, I was laughing my ass off the whole time. The game makes you feel like a kid again. Yeah, yeah, an immature teenager again. So it's still it's still very good in that aspect. Uh, yeah, I just can't get over the controls. They're very frustrating. Um, the fucking yeah. I think it's the broom scene drives me up a wall. Oh, yeah, with the pitchfork and yeah. uh, the haystacks. Oh. <laughs> but there's... Oh, yeah, people, there's a Terminator haystack in this game. It's so random, I have no choice but to laugh. Although it does look like a pretty frustrating boss fight. And even before that, a talking pitchfork tries to hang itself. <laughs> There's a sentence I am positive has never been uttered in the history of language yeah. <laughs> before this game. Uh, right. I'm still at a pass. I still yeah. immensely enjoy the game's humor and where it's at. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just go with you with the B on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Both at a B there. All right. So the second game is uh, your pick, Colin. Uh, looking back. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the first games we chose for the podcast, Alien Syndrome on the Sega Master System. How'd you how'd mm -hmm. you come across deciding you wanted to play this? Well, I just remember listening to that cast, and the way you described it sounded really interesting. Just like a game that old having actually having an effective horror atmosphere really really caught my eye, and just. Uh, it sounded like the kind of game I would enjoy. Just run and gun, top down. Shooting aliens every which way, rescuing hostages. Maybe it just reminded me of Descent. That's probably why. Ah, well, did it live up to my review from fucking six years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but it was the groundwork was definitely there. I mean, yeah, I played the second Master System version. I could see this being I could see this being remade into an actual horror game just kind of maybe if it had like one of those kind of wobbly viewpoints like with Hotline Miami it would it would make an even more effective horror atmosphere and well there also, was like a PS2 re-release uh many many years later where it kind of did that I think it I think they made it into a twin stick shooter Maybe. I know there's like a remake on like uh, PSP and uh, Wii. Oh, I might I didn't check know about that the out. Version. Yeah, I saw it on uh, saw it on Wikipedia. It has a Wii release. Okay. If I ever see it, if I ever see it on a retro game shelf, I'll definitely pick it up. Now, <laughs> should probably get into like the, the development info. Sure, was, uh, do it. Developed. Developed by Sega and Sanritsu. That is, Sanritsu did the NES and Master System versions. Mm -hmm. And it was published by Sega. 
Released in the arcade in 1987 and on the Master System and NES, among several others, in 1988. I mean, there's a whole whole whack load of other different versions. There's like, I think there was a Commodore 64 version and an Amiga version. I'm just getting it up right now. Oh yeah, it was also on MS DOS and Game Gear. <laughs> Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah I am actually familiar with the Game Gear version, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not That's as funny. good, uh, but close. I, close. Yeah, I can imagine. But, <clears throat> yeah, there there isn't really a, a plot to speak of here. You just play as one of the two soldiers named Rick and Mary, who are sent out to various space stations to rescue hostages from alien infestations. And of course, upon arrival, you plant a bomb and you have uh, a limited amount of time to get all the hostages out and then fight a boss before getting out of there and the place blows up. Like I said, very descent-ish. Yes. And like I said, the gameplay is pretty simple. It's a top-down run-and-gun that has you exploring the, the spaceships while shooting aliens and collecting power-ups slash new weapons off the walls. The flamethrower was my favorite. <laughs> and you need to, yeah, you need to rescue hostages within the time limit, and then fight a boss and rinse and repeat. Had a, it's definitely an arcade game. When you die, you lose whatever new weapon you picked up and are back to the basic gun. That can be super frustrating. But at least you start right back up where you died, so that's a bit of a blessing. I did have a bit of a problem with how soft the music was at the beginning, because I cranked up the volume to be able to hear it, and then later in the level, everything's blaring. So I had to turn it back down. But I like yeah, the I like a... the soft music at the at the beginning. That's what kind of gives it that vibe for me. And then it kicks in when you get further going into it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, some of these... Uh, at the beginning of each stage, you actually see what the space station looks from the outside, and some of them gave me, like, Dead Space and Event Horizon vibes. I, I, I liked that. But I I don't know if I have much more to say about this. I mean... I was only able to play like half an hour. <laughs> Aside from Conquer, I only had time to play everything last night because of Christmas last weekend. But I definitely passed this one. All right. Well, you you can kind of you can play it for 20, 30 minutes and get the idea of every aspect of the game. It's a top-down running gun. <laughs> yeah. Let's pick up and play. All right. So what'd you uh, what'd you end up giving it? Uh, a B. B. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still kind of there myself. So two Bs. All right. Cool. Okay. So Joey's pick was Dino Crisis. Uh, game's about six to eight hours, depending. Uh, it's Resident Evil with dinosaurs. That is yeah. the whole aspect to it. I did not know there was a Dino Crisis 3 that came out on the Xbox. Were you aware of this? 
Nope. I wasn't yeah. really paying attention to it. Yeah, let me uh let me see how much that fucker goes for. <laughs> Cuz I'm super curious. That's uh that's what I came away with. Uh tell me what you thought of Dino Crisis. All right. <clears throat> this one I probably spent the least amount of time on. Oh. And so I really don't have that much to say about it. Just Resident Evil meets Jurassic Park. Not much more to say there. I mean, there's your usual third-person shooting mechanics. And Dino Crisis 3 on Xbox goes for like 50 bucks. I don't know if it's worth that. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this playing as a a hot redhead <laughs> special forces girl going through all this, going through a military complex flooded with velociraptors and the occasional T-Rex. It was hopping on the Jurassic Park craze of the time. Sure was. I mean, for those that don't remember how just immensely groundbreaking Jurassic Park was, the a Toronto basketball team. Yeah, the only NBA team in Canada. <laughs> and by the way, we did win the championship about a year ago. Yeah, it was a little more than that, but totally yes. not bragging. It was more than that, but yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what else to say about this that I haven't said about. Resident Evil in the past. It's all the it's all the usual mechanics like the still or the stationary camera for most of the most of the areas. The uh, I I don't think that I don't think it has the same inventory. Uh, well, maybe it does. I can't remember. But it does I mean, have the mechanic. The con like all the concepts of Resident Evil are there. Uh, yeah, the inventory system's a little different, but still mostly the same. Healing's the same. Uh, you have your uh, tank controls going to area to area. Uh, to me, it's it. Uh, when I was playing it this time around, I was trying to look at it from a different pr perspective between two games that I I do immensely like, and that's Parasite Eve and Alone in the Dark: New Nightmare. Those two games in particular, uh, playing from this very podcast. Uh, really stuck with me, and Dino Crisis almost hits on all those beats I love. Uh, uh, I don't think Dino Crisis is as good as those those couple games. I, I think the stories in those are better, the puzzles are a little better. This does try to match too much with Resident Evil, and I think that hurts it a little bit uh, when you start comparing everything, because you can't help but compare Resident Evil. To this game, yeah, absolutely. the The gameplay the gameplay is practically one to one. Yeah, let me uh, let me pull up because um, it is a Capcom game that didn't uh, just fully give it away. Came out in '99. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Games intensity, graphics, and gameplay were. Uh, heavily praised. Some criticism was directed towards the lack of dinosaur variety. Well, yeah, it's a lot of velociraptors. I mean, that's yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, I have not played the Dreamcast version. I expect that would be mostly the same. Maybe even better graphics because the Dreamcast was more capable. Um, 
But I think the I vaguely remember reading the PS1 version was less janky uh, because of how user friendly I guess uh, development could be with the PS1. Uh, okay, let's see. It says uh, force fields, red beams throughout the complex can be activated to block access to intruders. Uh, Regina's inventory includes key items, weapons, ammo, medical supplies. The latter two can only hold a limited amount, and you can mix certain items to upgrade them. So that's where the Parasite Eve comparison came comes from, because you could you can mix and match uh, weapon slots to create new weapons, like a ice grenade kind of thing. Uh, th- this one has that same concept, which I did enjoy. Uh, you do have emergency oh, yeah. boxes, very much Resident Evil, very much the same. Luckily, you didn't have to drop them in the middle of levels <laughs> like certain Resident Evil games. Don't like that aspect. Uh, you do have five continues, which um, I don't remember going over the first time played Dino Crisis. But I like that aspect because you get five immediate continues from like your spot. And then once you go through them, then it's to your last uh, save point. So I think that's. That's kind of like what I was talking about earlier with uh, Deathloop, with the with the two immediate continues, and then if you fail that, that's when you get kicked back. I think that that's a good concept for games to have uh, actual punishment, but you don't feel cheapened out by it. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty like a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, I I probably got about halfway through this game, just just picked it up and played it in an afternoon. I was like, oh. Look at that. I'm like four hours in. <laughs> what happened to nice. the time? So that's that's always <laughs> good. Let's see here. Um, Team Doug Captain Studio 4. Spear successor to Resident Evil series. Uh, yeah, so n- nothing we haven't really uh, gone over. I love, I love pre-rendered uh, environmental games. I just love those. I love that style. It's Weirdly, probably my favorite, and that's why I like the PS One so much, is because that style is. I love, I love going back and seeing limitations, uh, getting creative with how they can get the best out of a certain limited amount of space. Where it feels like games today just have an unlimited space, and it's just what they end up producing, and then it costs millions of dollars. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> but I I pass this one. I think I'll I'll give it another B. <laughs> uh, this might shock you, but I also pass it. But I'm more on the C range. I just have too many okay. games I'm comparing it to of its era and time, and it's just not as good. Gotcha. Yeah, but I still immensely enjoy uh, the Dino Crisis series. I think I have the second one. Let me see. Let me check my inventory <laughs> of video games. <laughs> uh, Shuffle everything around. Uh, let's see here. I'll just uh, bust out my Excel file I have. That's the easiest way to look it up rather than go to the uh, the shelf. Let's see. <laughs> Dino Crisis. I do have Dino Crisis 2. I do have that. Nice. Yeah. So, Dino Crisis, for those that don't know, on the PlayStation, it goes for about 25 bucks. You can get it on PSN. I recommend going that route if you can. The Dreamcast version goes for 50 bucks, and uh, then you can just go from there. 
I think I remember the second one being better because a lot of the issues that plagued this first one with somewhat jankier controls and they were, you know, doing the concept for the first time. I think the second one was the better game. All right, cool. Okay. Last game. My pick. You'd be shocked. Hell yeah. Dynamite Heady on the Sega Genesis. Colin, my favorite game I have ever played for this podcast. Tell me what you thought. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. And yes, I did right. just in like one sitting. I adore <laughs> this game so much. Nice. Go figure. Yeah. Played another game about a puppet and it's killing shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it comes from our old friend Treasure. You can always count on solid work from them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really liked this game. It's like you're playing as a a puppet who can throw his head as a weapon. And he's trying to stop this evil puppet from taking over the world. And everything takes place on in this world that looks like a one big stage for a performance. It's a very quirky and unique aesthetic. And, and there's a lot of things you can do with your uh, head-throwing technique. I mean... You can grapple onto certain things on screen to yank yourself in that direction, much like Bionic Commando. Yep. Yeah. And the graphics, visuals, and overall style of the game is really well done. And the gameplay itself is very fun. You're a, it's basically a side-scroller, but more creative and fun than Bionic Commando, personally. <laughs> I like to make the comparison, if if Gunstar Heroes is Treasure's answer to Contra, then Dynamite Heady is Treasure's answer to Bionic Commando. I could see that. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I could see that. I think it was... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a Nintendo comparable type game, because this is still a little too cartoony for me to compare it directly to Bionic Commando. Um... I think they were just going for another Sonic-esque type game for the for the, for Sega. Maybe. Although it's definitely not as fast. Well, <laughs> or not fast paced, I should say. Yeah. I mean, it is side scroll. It is side scrolling action, just more platformy. Yeah, yeah. And it has a really good tutorial. It explained things in a way that was easy to grasp. And it was just plain fun to do. And the various power-ups you can get through the game are pretty fun. You can just... Some of them have you shooting out bullets in every direction for a short time. Or another has you throwing three of your head at once, like a shotgun. Another one has you turn invisible or turn into a vacuum and suck everything up on screen. And if you don't like a certain one, you can just discard it with the A button and go back to the little little guy who's holding them. It just, like, cycles through the different power-ups. Right. And it's really helpful that if you fall into a bottomless pit, you don't instantly die. Instead, you just take a bit of damage and bounce right back up. And Love that aspect overall, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Actually, did you, read did that. Did you have a favorite uh, boss fight? 
the only boss fight I got to was like the big robot dog. <laughs> Actually, there was also that puppet cat, but I like the dog better. Oh, man. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, North American release of this game was made twice as difficult <laughs> because as the Japanese one, because Sega didn't want players to easily beat it during a rental period. That's they wanted them to buy right, it. But, that, but that's OK. Uh, you got I mean, there's there's enough here where you can beat this in like four hours. So like you're going to beat this game if you if you put your head to it. Right. Womp womp. Yeah, well, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is most definitely an easy pass. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm so glad you like this. Yep, treasure always has solid stuff. Yeah, I'm so gonna give can, it a high. You can Sorry. get this game uh, for about fifteen bucks on the Genesis. I think it's a must-have for Sega collectors, Sega players. You have a Genesis, you have to get Dynamite Heady. I don't. I, I think it's non-negotiable. It's very doable. Um, you can fully beat the game, and I think if you're bad at it, you can beat it in under six hours. I think that's possible. Uh, if you're mm -hmm. really good at it, it's going to take you, I don't know, two and a half, three hours. Took me uh -huh. about three and a half hours to just sit down and beat the game. And I just kicked back with a pina colada and I was enjoying my time. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. It's it's just it's I... one of those I just pick up and just immensely love. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will give it a high A. A high A. Uh, it shouldn't come as a shock to, shock to anyone. I give it an S. I think it's an S tier game for the Sega Genesis. I'd put it right up there with any of the Sonic games. I think it's that good. Uh, you give it an oh, high yeah. A um, makes me very happy that you enjoyed it that much. So, yeah, I would have definitely played more of it if I had more more time to my name. Yeah, you should try and you should try and beat it. I think the the game is uh, very much worth worth the while. Definitely. Much like Dave the Diver. I gotta I gotta get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave the Diver he is definitely longer. But it's a little that's bit a good longer. Thing. How, okay, hold on. I'm gonna go to how long to beat. Let's see how long Dave the Diver is. Let's see what this site tells me. Dave the Diver. I'm pretty uh, sure I put at least eight hours into it. Thirty so far. hours. <laughs> Holy fuck. If you just do the main story, it's saying it's 23 hours. <laughs> Sounds about right. Whew. Well, isn't that uh, quite the commitment for time? Well, all right. Conquer's Bad Fur Day on the N64, Alien Syndrome on the Master System, Dino Crisis PlayStation, and Dynamite Heady on the Sega Mega Drive Genesis thing. Colin, is Dynamite Heady your favorite game of the podcast? On this one? Nope, it's Dino Crisis. <laughs> oh, damn it, damn it. <laughs> no, it's it's Dynamite Heady. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think I need to say it. <laughs> well, okay. Good little end of year episode. I immensely enjoy doing this podcast with you. It's a great way that we've kept in contact and be sure to talk to each other every couple weeks. Uh, thank you, Colin, for always doing this with yeah. me. <clears throat> and My pleasure. Uh, 
We will reconvene in 2024. Maybe we'll change the format up a bit. Who knows what we might do. Maybe we'll just keep the same format. It's been working tried and true the last couple of years. I'll see you next year, yeah. Colin. See you next year. Bye now. <laughs>